Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett. When we talked about common breastfeeding problems and the impact of trauma and mental health and where you can turn for help. So today we're talking about something that's on all of our minds, and that's the high cost of food, especially on beef and chicken. Our family doesn't eat a ton of meat, and I usually buy a package of grass-fed beef and some salmon or shrimp. But I've definitely been trying to shop the sales and cut back on how much I buy and add a lot more plant-based foods like beans and lentils into our meals. It's not only more affordable, but eating plant-based is really healthy and it can have a strong impact on how your kids eat today and in the future. The palate and preferences that we create at a young age impact the choices that they will make as they get older and as additional temptations come into play. That's Nicole Centeno, a French Culinary Institute-trained chef, cookbook author, and the founder and CEO of Splendid Spoon, a meal delivery platform that offers ready-to-eat plant-based meals. Nicole and I talk about the benefits and misconceptions about plant-based eating, how to get started and get more plant-based foods in your kid's diet, plus some really easy meal ideas, including delicious alternatives to hot dogs. There's so much information in this episode, and I know you're going to love this interview with Nicole Centineau. Well, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Yeah, let's talk about your story. You know, what were you doing before founding Splendid Spoon? Yeah, I have always been very interested in food. Um, And so I was working in a career in media, but trying to find a way to make my career more food oriented. So right before starting Splendid Spoon, um, I actually had gone to culinary school. I did a night program at the French Culinary Institute, which is now part of um, ICE here in New York City. And I had a bunch of different pop-ups and side gigs, catering businesses and that sort of thing that I was trying to exercise my side hustle on. So how did Splendid Spoon come to be about? Well, I became pregnant with my first son, Grover, in 2012, and it was this really big sort of like moment of realization for me as I was also pursuing this side hustle, um, knowing that I was going to be very busy, shifting my career, and then this big life event also becoming you know, sort of like this point on the horizon that I was headed toward, I realized I would soon have the title of working parent (laughs) and um, memories of what that was like for my parents and what I had seen so far among different family members or peers that were working parents really came into clearer view. And honestly, I was kind of terrified. Um, (laughs) I realized that something's got to give. And, um, I was nervous about whether, what was that going to be? Like, what was it that I was going to have to trade off on in order to become a parent? And it seemed like cooking for myself and eating 
healthfully was going to be on the chopping block. Um, no pun intended. Um, you know, like living a very busy lifestyle and, um, knowing that I was going to have more sleepless nights. I was like, I don't know that I can actually also cook for myself in the way that I have in the past. Um, and I also, you know, when you become pregnant, you become a lot more aware of like how much calcium and iron and are you getting your fruits and vegetables? And even those first basic questions that I had with my midwife, a lot of the answers were like, I don't think I am really taking great care of myself with my food. I don't think I am getting all of my fruits and vegetables. And so it was really this kind of like collision of lots of different things and a deep desire to create a solution that if it could help me and sort of all of my pursuits and my high standards for great food and quality nutrition, then it probably could help other people. Um, and Splendid Spoon was born. And so plant-based eating, have you always been a plant-based eater? Well, that's the um, fun fact about me is I am not a hundred percent plant-based. Um, and so becoming more plant-based before starting Splendid Spoon was really challenging for me. Um, I am flavor first and like food culture first. And my misconception was honestly that like it would mean trading flavor to be more plant-based. And because my training had been in French cooking, which is very dependent um, traditionally at least on animal proteins and animal fats, I was like really in need of a lot of um, education to be persuaded that I could eat more plant-based. So that was part of the challenge too. I was like, well, you know, could I go like one meal a day plant-based? Um, and does the research show that that is impactful? And, and that's been, you know, that is still my journey. Yeah, I love that. My gosh, we as parents have so many challenges raising kids in general, but especially around feeding them. And so what do you think are the biggest challenges for parents today when it comes to feeding their kids? I mean, I think broadly speaking, whether you're trying to get your kids to eat less macaroni and cheese or like a more vegan um, diet, the biggest challenge is really that pressure, like this expectation that as a parent, it's your job to have your kids have these like pristine, super healthy habits. I really think that's that stress and that pressure is like the biggest challenge um, and is step one to overcome um, as you create healthier habits and healthier relationships around food with your kids. Um, you know, it, because food is also joy. <laughs> like food is, is something that as we grow up and are able to express ourselves through our food choices is such a wonderful, joyful thing to look forward to. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that a lot of times when we're gathered around the dinner table, it's not really like that with kids, right? We're always kind right. of on high alert. We want them to eat this or that and eat enough. And it often becomes a stressful time for families. Right. It does. It is stressful for a lot of families. And I think there's no one way to address it. Um, but I think there are, you know, a handful of things that can be helpful for everyone to remember as we, as we think about like the little things that can add up to a healthier habit or um, a longer term healthy relationship with 
with food and, and choosing the things that we know are good for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in, in the past, I don't know, maybe six, six months or so, the cost of meat and chicken and fish and eggs, it's like astronomical, right? It rose 14.2% yeah. over the last year alone, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know about you, but I go to the grocery store and I'm thinking, my gosh, I'm just not even going to buy meat anymore because it's so right. expensive. And I think we're all yep. feeling that pinch. So what can we do to spend less? Well, the cost of animal-based products has increased the most among food, like all of food, right? So meat specifically has gone up 14 to 15%. Um, vegetables, fruits and vegetables and plant-based, whole plant-based ingredients like beans and lentils have also increased with more like 6 to 7%. Um, and generally speaking, a vegetarian diet is more... Um, sort of wallet friendly than a more meat forward diet. So I think that is one thing that can, you can sort of kill two birds with one stone in a way of changing up some of the staples that you have in your house, right? Like if normally all of your dinners have some kind of an animal protein, switching it up so that maybe half of them are um, vegetarian or are vegan, right? Like that actually can make a pretty meaningful difference on your your weekly grocery bill while also creating a new sort of like palette for your kids and your family to look forward to, right? It, it inspires a different level of creativity and it, it changes um, what we as a household think of when we think of, of dinner. It doesn't have to be that center of the plate, chicken or pork or beef. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely requires you to kind of rethink what meals look like and and like you said, get creative. And so what are the benefits of eating a plant-based diet? Well, I mean, research continues to show um, how helpful it is at preventing the diseases that are most common in the United States. So heart disease, cancer, um, a plant-based diet is at its core, super anti-inflammatory, right? So what it does is it helps your body to become stronger against things like free radicals. It improves your immune system. Um, and it, it gives you a stronger ability to fend off environmental factors that might cause disease while also, um, you know, causing more cell turnover actually. So, What's interesting about plants is that we talk about them having loads and loads of antioxidants, which are the things that diminish free radicals. And um, those are just sort of like basically like ions in our bloodstream that wreak havoc on our cellular system. Right. And then it can manifest in all different ways into all different sorts of diseases. When we eat more plants, um, especially plants that are closest to sort of their whole form, um, they actually have like these tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny little enzymes that um, are almost kind of like little poisons. And you can think of it a little bit as like acupuncture from the inside out. So those it's, there's a scientific term for it. It's called hormesis. So those are um, getting into our system, causing these like teeny, tiny reactions from our body to actually combat these little um, sort of plant poisons Um And in doing so, that whole relationship that our body has with the whole fruit, vegetable, um, lentil, bean, et cetera, 
um, our body gets stronger and actually builds up its own antioxidant response. So it's a really critical part of every diet is to include more fruits and vegetables. And it has been shown that more really is more that with every additional serving of fruits and vegetables, you're reducing your likelihood for cardiovascular disease, which is the number one killer in the United States, um, by about 4%. So, you know, that concept of like, oh, I have to be a hundred percent vegan in order for it to take effect on my health is really not true. Like there really are these nice incremental improvements that we can make um, by taking these small steps forward by saying, okay, I will actually replace one meal a day um, or I will have that extra serving of salad instead of, um, you know, I always use mac and cheese because I love mac and cheese, but um, you know, it's important to kind of like identify where those shifts can be made. Yeah. And I think when we talk about kids' nutrition, what often seems to get lost is we're so focused on childhood obesity and we talk about chronic disease, but more along the lines of adults. And I think Mm -hmm. that what's important is us to focus on, you know, laying the foundation now and why that's important uh, for our kids so that they're not at risk for those chronic diseases later. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, they even say that some of what we eat while uh, the infant is in utero has an impact on what they will prefer as they get older. So that's, that's even more true when the child is out and choosing their own meals and, um, eating food off of their plate, right? The palate and preferences that we create at a young age impact the choices that they will make as they get older and as additional temptations, um, come into play. So it, it really is huge to setting the foundation for um, a balanced way of eating. Yeah. And what would you say are some misconceptions about plant-based eating? Because I think there are many. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about plant-based eating is that you don't get enough protein or that you don't get enough iron. I think that everybody's sort of magic mix is totally unique, right? Um, But a little bit of education can go a really long way. So, you know, for example, you can get as much or more protein in a meal by having tofu. Tofu is really, really dense and rich in protein. Um, You can have just as much or more iron by having your leafy greens with a citrus because the citrus, whether it's a vinaigrette or just a squeeze of lemon, Um, increases your iron consumption pretty significantly. So I think that there are, um, it's important to really like listen to your body and, and watch and make sure that as your, as your kids are trying these different things that um, they are feeling satisfied and they are staying energized and all of these good things. But I think it's also like a few little Um, bits of information can be really powerful and can go a really long way. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some realistic ways for people to get started. Back to school is right around the corner. And although I'm loving this warm weather, I'm also ready for my kids to start a new school year and get back to their normal activities. I know it's going to get hectic and my kids are still going to complain about what's for dinner, but one of the things I do to encourage them to try new foods and eat their veggies is to cook together. When they can make choices and they have a hand in making a meal, they're empowered and more likely to eat healthy. 
But if cooking isn't your thing, then the Kids Cook Real Food e-course is for you. This course was created by a mom of four and a former teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, plus supply and grocery shopping lists and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions, so if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, you're covered. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe all on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. This fall, I know you're gearing up with the clothes and back to school supplies, and you're probably looking for new snack ideas. Finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable and safe for school isn't always easy. And that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara bars and the Go Raw cinnamon snacking seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products, and clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. All right, Nicole. So you're saying that we don't have to be, you know, totally vegan, totally plant-based. So what are some easy ways that we can just get some more plant-based foods in our kids' meals? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favorite is just communication. (laughs) You know, like one of the things that I do with my kids is I talk about growing foods, which is our term for vegetables and fruits. Um, as things that we think know are good for our belly and keep us strong. And um, every time we eat them, they are doing good things for us. And so I think I bring that even into when we do things like go to McDonald's, because, you know, even though I run this wellness company, I have kids who like to eat French fries. And so do I, <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I think that it's so important to be practical and to not food shame, right. But to also, bring the perspective in for them. Right. So if we're getting a happy meal, we might talk about like, Whoa, there's, can you believe there's no growing foods in here? Or, um, I'll give them the choice. Cause McDonald's actually does like, you can have apples or French fries and I'll let them choose. And then later we might talk about like, okay, well we had French fries earlier. What do we want to have for dinner? And you'd be surprised over time. Like they really do start to say, oh, I didn't have any growing foods at all today. Um, you know, like it's, it, it is quite, um, it's an exercise in trust, right? Like, I think that's what is part of what's part of what we learn as parents, right? Like we have all this context and we think we need to like force it on our kids, but if you trust them and kind of trust their timelines, they will go about it in their own 
way and it makes the habit a lot stronger. Yeah. Yeah. You don't realize how much they pick up on (laughs) about anything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think modeling it is a really big one too. Like, you know, oh my God, my kids would eat hot dogs like all the time if they could. Right. (laughs) And, um, I personally, I do like hot dogs, but I really don't like how I feel when I eat hot dogs. So I pretty rarely actually do eat the hot dogs that I will make them for my kids. And I'll say like, you know what? It's guys, it's not my thing. Um, so I'll make them hot dogs and then I'll do like my own build your own vegan sort of hot dog sandwich thing. I've done it before with sweet potatoes. I've done a vegetarian version with like some fresh mozzarella. And then I give extra toppings that work really well for me and that I would be very thrilled (laughs) if they wanted to use on their hot dog, like beans or like extra peppers or like a vegan sauce that I'll make. And it makes it more playful versus like didactic. Uh-huh. You know, it's more collaborative. So it's it's that that ability to model it while also being willing to meet them where they are and find a way to play. Yeah, I feel the same way when I eat hot dogs. I just, I don't know, something's not right. And it's like, hmm. Something's not right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so our kids, most of our kids are picky eaters. So how do we get started with plant-based eating and also, you know, make food delicious and like you say, a joyful experience for them? I mean, you know, one thing that has worked really well is actually taking some inspiration from um, Japanese bento culture, where it's not it's not just about what you're eating. It's about how it's presented. And the kids get really focused on the presentation. So like a rice ball that then looks like a little animal or looks like a face. And. I think that's kind of a fun Trojan horse into vegetarian or more plant-based eating because they're so excited and motivated by how it looks that they're extreme. And and for my kids, at least we are not um, Japanese. And so this is a new food culture for them. So they're very open-minded about, oh, okay. Like these are, this is the list of ingredients that we're going to use. And yes, I've, chosen it. (laughs) So we choose to do like vegan versions there. Um, but I think that that's a really easy way to start baby stepping into vegan eating. And also if you're a household like mine, that is more omnivore, it's helpful for the grownups too. It's like, Oh, okay. Like here's some new flavors. And, um, we don't have to think about lunch as just a sandwich. Um, what else can lunch be and how else do people around the world think about lunch? So what are some meals and snacks that you give your kids? I love, um, a noodle soup. So definitely also Asian inspired. Um, we love lemongrass, fresh herbs, um, ginger, uh, really simple to get even a vegan bouillon cube or a vegan broth or a mushroom broth um, that has as much rich flavor as an animal-based broth. Um, My kids do now actually like love tofu and ask for tofu. (laughs) 
So, um, like they like tofu as much as they like hot dogs now, which does definitely feel like a win. Um, so we'll do like a noodle soup. We'll put some tofu in. The kids might ask to have their tofu skillet fried. And so we'll put it on top. Um, they get to choose a sauce to put in. I do find that things that are more interactive tend to be more motivating for them. So we'll do like lettuce wraps is another really good one that they like. Um, And it's beautiful, like things where you can create a real spread, like a platter with lots of different chopped vegetables or chopped things to add in. Um, We'll do it with a splendid bowl also. Like we'll start with maybe the brown rice taco bowl, which is one of our grain bowls. And then it's like, okay, Grover likes spicy. What does he want to add to make it spicy? Caleb loves tofu. (laughs) Like we're going to add tofu for Caleb. So just like grownups, right? Like people want to feel like their food is personal to them. So do kids. And are there ways to get plant-based food in breakfast? I, I mean, we are definitely smoothie converts in our household. So we order Splendid Spoon smoothies every week. And that is definitely from my two-year-old up to my nine-year-old. Um, they like will take out the permanent marker and claim the flavor that they like when the delivery box comes. So that's a big, that's a big hit um, with my kids. We also, I have experimented with, we also love like an egg sandwich. Like we're definitely that kind of family. So I have experimented with, um, some of the egg replacements on like a, um, English muffin and you'll sort of like, you know, you can griddle saute the, the little egg patty and also the English muffin. So it's nice and crisp and warm and, um, put a piece of vegan cheese and the vegan egg and a little bit of hot sauce. And really like, that's, a, that's definitely a fun one that leans a little bit more in the kind of like, uh, dairy and animal replacement realm that we'll play with every once in a while. And what about snacks? I know that, you know, I've made a lot of cookies with beans. Um, do you do stuff like that? You know, I haven't gone so much personally into the dessert realm with the kids. They're pretty motivated by, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of candy is vegan. Right. <laughs> a lot of desserts are already, they're just not great for you, right? Um, and so, and we have kind of left dessert as this realm of like, listen, if you're going to have a sweet, have a sweet, have what you want and only have a little bit of it. I haven't gone so much into like trying to really optimize them to choose the best possible healthy choice for sweets, because I do think it's like, choose your battles and like, think about the long run versus trying to optimize every detail. Um, And fortunately for us, like my kids will talk about candy and get excited when they see desserts and ask every time they hear the ice cream truck goes by. But the reality is they don't eat a lot of sweets. And um, if like, I, I do believe a lot in kind of like, what are the staples in the kitchen? What do they even like, what do they see when they open up the fridge or the freezer or the cabinet? And who knows how long this will last, but all of our sweets are like in a cabinet above the refrigerator. And it is a bit of like out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, I think that one of the things about plant-based eating is that 
you know, in the grocery store, we're seeing things like Impossible Burgers and Mm -hmm. all these like highly processed foods. And I think people think, well, they're plant-based. They must be good, right? But but not so much. Yeah. I mean, I think it's about, it's again about balance, right? I think in the grand scheme of things, if you're someone who is eating pretty heavily animal forward, um, then it is going to make a big difference to switch out that burger to an impossible burger as maybe your sort of like gateway into more whole plant-based eating. Right. Um, whereas if, you are already eating like mostly vegetarian and you're eating like a piece of wild salmon once a week, maybe that impossible burger doesn't have quite so much value for you. So I think it kind of depends on your lifestyle. It depends on um, where you are in your own journey to eating a little bit more plant-based. Yeah, that's great. I love your realistic approach. What are your favorite tips for modeling healthy eating habits? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, I I do think I try to be honest with my kids, right? Like, I think that's like the biggest um, difference that I see in how I think about food um, in our household and what I some where I see some parents start to feel very anxious. Um, I'll be really honest. Like, I'll I'll say like, guys, we have had takeout three nights in a row. It's like making me nuts. (laughs) You know, like my kids are two, seven and nine. The two-year-old has no idea what's going on. Um, But the seven and the nine-year-old, they do get it. And, you know, my seven-year-old will ask for a burger and fries every single time I ask him what he wants for dinner. Every time. (laughs) And I accept that. I accept it. And instead of being like, why do you, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't want that. I'm like, you know what? I would love a burger and fries too. We just had a burger and fries yesterday. Does it really make sense for us to have that again today? Over time, uh, I do think, and I've kind of taken that tack with them since they were little, which again, depending on your sort of parenting philosophy, maybe that works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Um, it would be, it would not be met with any dose of realism when he was like three or four. Yeah. Right. But like being persistent with that philosophy, um, I do think has helped him at seven to now be like, ah, all right, fine, mom. I do like the noodle soup. Can we do the noodle soup instead? Yeah. And it sounds like you bring your kids in the kitchen and cook with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I was just taking a drink of water. Um, I do bring my kids in the kitchen a lot. And I think that's a great point. Like I love cooking. I love cooking. And I think it helps if you love something, your, it will rub off on your kids over time too. I love talking with you because it, you know, oftentimes you talk to, or you see posts on social media from these experts and they're just seem like very rigid about, there's like so much mom shaming, right? Like about how we should feed our kids and, and your approach just seems a lot more flexible and realistic for parents. And so what is Splendid Spoon and what can new customers expect? 
So Splendid Spoon is about solving for those times when you are too busy to cook or when you might otherwise order takeout. It's um, And it is designed to say like, hey, if your default option was something wholesome and plant-based, how might that help your health goals? Um, so it's really delicious, chef-focused, taste-focused, but also nutrition-focused, ready-to-eat meals. And it's noodle bowls, grain bowls, soups, smoothies. Um, we have functional shots that are focused on things like immunity or di- digestion. We also have um, a line of green juices. So you can pick your meals online at splendidspoon.com, and then everything gets shipped to you in a box um, that is kept nice and cold with dry ice. And when you open it up, you can put it into your fridge and your freezer and you're stocked for those moments when you really only have one minute to like open a bottle (laughs) or um, a few minutes to pop something in the microwave. And trusting that it's really great for you is honestly like for me, that's half the battle. Awesome. Well, Nicole, it was so great to talk to you today. Where can listeners go to learn more about you? Um, So splendidspoon.com. We are also splendid.spoon on Instagram. And I am Nick Cent, N-I-C-C-E-N-T on Instagram if you want the family content. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Julie. That was such a great interview with Nicole, and I love how she talks to her kids about growing foods. It's such a great way to talk about food without going down the path of healthy versus unhealthy and good versus bad. Be sure to head on over to SplendidSpoon.com to learn more and sign up. Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on JulieRevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.